Hi, welcome to Bible Soaking Tuesday again. Mm. We're going to be doing something different this Tuesday. We're going to have having a chat. Um, pastors introduced the Holy Ghost during last week's Sunday's message. Yeah. And we were, last week's Sunday was Pentecost, which is 50 days after the resurrection and 10 days after the ascension. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be chatting about something very important, which is sometimes poorly understood, and it is the Holy Ghost baptism and speaking in tongues. Yeah. It's one of those areas that you know Christians like to agree to disagree on, and we want to try and iron out a few things, explain exactly what it is, and discuss clarifications. What are the benefits? What are the hindrances? And what are these controversial points? How, what does the Bible say about them? Yeah. How much evidence can we get from God's word mm. in regards to those areas and what we should and the way we should live our life and how we can use this wonderful gift of speaking in tongues? So it's going to be very, very interesting. Why don't you get your friends and your family, start a watch party, um, share and and just get your notepads and have a quick listen. And we'd like to interact with you as well. So you can connect with us. You can ask questions. You can send us questions. Yeah, ask questions as a comment, yeah? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Why don't you ask mm-hmm. questions as a comment? Mm-hmm. Or you can send them to us later on. That's yeah. fine. We would attend to all the questions. Because we all want to learn and grow. Yeah. So it, I think it's going to be very enlightening. And I think it's going mm. to be very interesting. Yeah. So thank you for being with us again. Hi, good evening, Pastor. Hi. <laughs> so we, we, we're speaking about um, the Holy Ghost baptism. Yeah. Pentecost was just, we just marked Pentecost last mm-hmm. Sunday. So to give us a little bit of a background, we'll start from the beginning. Who is the Holy Ghost? We all know it's the third person of the Godhead, but just give us a background of who the Holy Ghost is and, and what is his role. Well, the Holy Ghost is, like you said, is the, a member of the Trinity. I don't want to say it's the third member of the Trinity because um, usually the sign of the cross or the crucifix, it appears as if the Holy Ghost is the insignificant member of the Trinity or the third born of God, but they are all equal and they are all the same. But they have different um, expressions. Like the Bible say, says that um, Jesus is the express image of God, the express image of God, meaning Jesus is like the physicality of God. Uh, In my own opinion, the Holy Ghost is like uh, the mind of the Trinity because God created man in his image and likeness and God exists in a Trinity. Man also exists in three dimensions. So man first is a spirit. Man, that spirit has a soul and they all reside in the body. So that is the three dimensions of man. And the three dimensions of man is a reflection of the Trinity. So God is the spirit, really, because Jesus told us that in John chapter 4 when he was speaking with the woman of Samaria. He said, hey, God is a spirit, and those that will worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit, spirit, and in truth. So God is a spirit, because we usually think that the Holy Ghost is the spirit. Although he is the spirit, but God is the spirit. Then Jesus, the Bible told us in Colossians, is the express image of the Father. So Jesus is like the body of the Trinity. Every time in the Old Testament that anyone interacted physically with God, they actually interacted with Jesus. A good example is uh, the commander of the Lord's host that Joshua met at the banks of Jordan. That was Jesus, and there are several examples of that. That leaves us with the mind, or the soul, rather. So the soul of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. That's why God is particular about the Holy Spirit because for us humans, in our soul is where we have our emotions. So the soul is a faculty of our emotions 
and all that. So God warned about the Holy Ghost when he sent the Holy Spirit as the angel of his presence to help guide Moses and the Israelites to the promised land. He warned Moses about the Holy Ghost. He said, see, be careful with him that he will not forgive some things that you will do. And also Paul in Thessalonians and in several places in the New Testament also told us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. That will tell you the Holy Spirit is the soul of God, of the Godhead of the Trinity. So God is the Spirit. Jesus is the body. The Holy Spirit is the soul. You now understand why Jesus said he's going to send the Comforter. Comforter, because the Holy Spirit, being the soul of the Trinity, understands the soul of man. If you need comfort, it's the Holy Spirit's ministry to bring comfort to you. If you are depressed, it's the Holy Spirit's ministry to bring uh, solace to your soul. Beyond that, Jesus also told us that he's going to guide them in all truth. So the Holy Spirit is a guide. The way he guided the Israelites to the promised land is the way he wants to guide us every day in our life. So he's a guide, he's the teacher, he's the counselor, he's also our intercessor. He prays on our behalf, we'll, we'll probably get to that later. So that is who the Holy Ghost is. He has a multiplicity of um, roles that he plays in a believer's life. Okay, thank you very much. That was that was beautiful, beautiful introduction to the person of the Holy Ghost. Now we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, it was John who said, I'm baptizing you with water, but the person coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. With fire. So that was, I think that was about the first time we heard about being baptized with the Holy Ghost. And we know about the Acts experience in Acts chapter 2. That was when the baptism of the Holy Ghost was made manifest to a number of people. Before this time, we know that Jesus was baptized the Holy Ghost after his water baptism. Mm. But I'd like you to explain to us what happens in Acts. What exactly is baptism of the Holy Ghost? All right, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, Jesus told the disciples that he's going to leave and he's going to send a comforter to them. And he stayed with them for 40 days. Then he ascended from Mount Olives, yeah? And he told them, go tarry in Jerusalem that until then you be powering. And that popular scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Now, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It happened on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So, when Jesus appeared to them in John chapter 21, he told them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That is when he got his disciples born again. And that Holy Ghost that they received was the Holy Ghost within, which Ezekiel talked about in Ezekiel chapter 26, where he said he will give you, that God will give us his spirit within us, and he'll give us a brand new human spirit. He'll take the heart of, of stone and give us a heart of flesh. So the disciples got born again by Jesus in John 21. We shouldn't confuse the Holy Ghost within at salvation with the Holy Ghost upon, because he told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they should tarry that until they receive the, until the Holy Ghost is come upon, upon you. At salvation, the Holy Ghost comes within you, which is the Holy Spirit within. At the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So that is what happened at Pentecost. So there's a clear differentiation of that. The Holy Ghost within you helps you live your life as a Christian. The Holy Ghost upon you helps you carry out the work of the ministry because God, Jesus told them that when it comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the utmost part of the earth. So let me just sum that up again for those listening. There are two um, not types of Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit, but there are two experiences of the Holy Spirit on a believer. The first is our salvation. When you receive Jesus into your life, baptism of the Holy Spirit is to enable the believer to do the work of the ministry. That's why I said, Jesus told them, until you receive, that you shall receive 
power. That power is to do the work of the ministry. That power is what we call the anointing or dunamis. The Greek word there for power is dunamis. It is the enablement or the spiritual enablement to do work. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not help you to live your life as a believer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps you to help others. While the Holy Ghost within our salvation helps you live your life as a believer. It is the Holy Ghost within that produces the fruit of the human spirit, not the Holy Ghost upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Pastor. We're going to be, I think what we will discuss next is speaking in tongues. Okay. We believe, many people believe, yeah. that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the Father's highest purpose. Mm. So, some people don't believe it. Some people believe you can't be baptized by the Holy Ghost and not speak in tongues. So, is it really the evidence? The speaking in tongues is a sign that you have been baptized by the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is not a sign that you are saved. What is it? The sign that you are saved is how you live your life, is your character, is if you are bearing the fruits of the Spirit. That is what shows people that you are saved. But speaking in tongues is a sign that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So does that mean if you don't speak in tongues, then you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. No. It's not that. But it is just a sign. You know, Paul, I think Paul talked about it in somewhere in Corinthians chapter 14. Let's see if we can get that scripture. So like Paul, Paul talked about tongues being a sign. You see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 22. He said, wherefore, tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but to them that believe. So, speaking in tongues is a sign. Now, beyond it being a sign, yeah, when you also read um, Romans chapter 8, verse 24, 25, you also see that speaking in tongues is what engages the Holy Spirit to pray for us. Is like a relay race where the button is handed to the next runner to complete the race. So when your human spirit starts speaking in tongues, your human spirit hands over the button to the Holy Spirit who takes it off from there to make intercession now for us. So speaking in tongues is a sign. Speaking in tongues hands over our intercession to the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, I dare say, is also the gateway to the human spirit. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we're learning a lot um, from this. Because you've touched on the Holy Spirit upon and the Holy Spirit within. Mm. And now we've talked about speaking in tongues. Yeah. Now, are there types of tongues? Are there types of speaking in tongues? Because we know that um, the Mm. Acts chapter 2 experience, Mm. Mm. when the apostles and the disciples that were gathered together, we understand yeah. there were about 120, mm-hmm. they all spoke in diverse tongues. And you know, this time, it was a time of a feast. Mm-hmm. So the Pentecost is yeah. one of those feasts mm-hmm. of the Lord. And there were lots and lots of visitors from different countries. And the Bible tells us there that people had them speaking foreign languages. So people who had yeah. come to visit could understand what they were saying. Mm. So is it all? They are glorifying God. Mm. They are um, expressing glories to God in their own native tongue. So in the stranger's Mm. native tongue. Mm -hmm. So what types of tongues are they? Um, I'm sure many of us, almost every one of us, have heard people speaking in tongues. Just clarify to us what types of tongues are they? All right. Um, There is speaking in tongues 
that is the prayer language. That is the one I talked about um, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. That is the prayer language. Everyone that is baptized with the Holy Spirit should be able to do that. When you speak in tongues, you hand over the intercession to the Holy Spirit. But there is the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. Now, we've talked about the gift of diverse kinds of tongues because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the enablement that the Holy Spirit has given us believers that are engaged in ministry to help declare God's word effectively to people. So, in that gift of diverse kinds of tongues is exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. That was the diverse kinds of tongues expressly shown or depicted. In the gifts of the diverse kinds of tongues, you can speak tongues of men that you don't even know, or even tongues of angels like Paul talked about in, uh, in in Corinthians, yeah? So, the gifts of the diverse kind of tongues, you can speak another language that you don't even know about. Remember, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to help you do ministry. is to help convince people to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, what happened on the day of Pentecost? What intrigued the 3,000 that gave their lives to Christ? Because they were able to hear these men, according to them, they are unlearned men, speak in languages of nations conquered by the Greek and the Romans. So God gave them, the Holy Spirit gave them that enablement to convince those proselyte Jews that travel from all over Asia Minor, Turkey and Greece and all those places. And they came to Jerusalem for the feast. Because remember, the feast of Pentecost is the feast of um, the first ingathering, the first feast of weeks. So they usually come back. God told Moses three times a year, let all the male come back. So they all came back for that feast and they could hear unlearned men speak foreign languages. That was an express depiction of the gift of diverse tongues. It's a bit different from the praying language that usually used to pray and communicate with the Holy Spirit every day. How the Holy Spirit helps us to pray mm-hmm. and that analogy of the baton. But it tells us what are the benefits of speaking in tongues? Why speak? Why do you think or what, what is the reason God has given us this gift? First is a prayer language and then is a spiritual gift. Okay. Like I said, like I've already mentioned this, so let me just run through it again. Number one, it's um, the gateway to the to the spiritual realm. I mean if you Pray in tongues a whole lot. You will notice that um, some some gifts of the Holy Spirit to start manifesting in your life. Beyond that, when you pray in tongues every day for a long time, you would also notice that you will start knowing things. Word of knowledge, the gift of word of knowledge, you start being operational in your life. The gift of wisdom, you start being operational in your life. You just know things. You can tell things. You got you have all those things. Start to start those gifts to start operating in your life. Yeah, the gifts they are all given freely by the Holy Spirit, but you have a high tendency of operating in those spiritual gifts if you pray in tongues a whole lot. So it's a gateway to the spiritual realm. So secondly, it is is a as a prayer language, it helps us hand over the work of intercession to the Holy Spirit to help us pray. And help our weaknesses when we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And another benefit of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that it edifies us. The Bible says that he that prayeth in the Holy Spirit edifieth himself. The word edification there is talking about building up yourself. So it helps to edify you. It helps build you up. Then Jude 20 says something. It says building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying in tongues also helps build up your faith. So it helps build up your faith. 
It helps build up yourself. It helps to um, to for edification. Okay, there's something else I wrote down about uh, one of the other benefits. I wrote down that the praying the Holy Spirit is an opportunity to set our typical dormant intellectual focus aside. Paul said that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, our understanding is unfruitful. So it shuts down reasoning. It shuts down your five senses. So your spirit man is alert. What does that? What that? What that does is that it helps us pick things from the from from the spiritual realm. It, it helps us pick um, information. It helps us download information from God. So it shuts down our senses. It's very 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 important. Then. Um, it also helps us balance our prayer life. It helps us balance our prayer life. Very, very important. You know, between... It helps us utilize our intellect, that's when we pray in our understanding, and also when we pray in the Spirit. Then another beautiful thing about, I like about praying in the Holy Spirit, you know, Paul said, if you have a song, if you have a psalm and all that, you should come along with it. And I said, you can also sing in the Spirit. So praying in tongues can, can be a blessing in a blessing to us and it can also help us render effective thanksgiving to God. Very, 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 very important. Now what I said uh, before about um, speaking in tongues being a doorway to the realm of the Spirit. A good example is Apostle John when he was in Patmos. All those revelations he got, you always read the Bible from the Bible where the Bible will say, and I was in the spirit on to so and so day. A good example is uh, Revelations 4, verse 2. It says, At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne set in heaven. And a good example is chapter 17, verse 3, verse 3. And the angel carried me away in the spirit into the desert. So at times when you pray in tongues, you will have all those experiences. You might be praying during the day, but you can be raptured in the spirit. You can be taken away in the spirit. Another example which I love is Jesus. In um, the wilderness, he got baptized in Jordan. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that the spirit took him into the wilderness. And of course, we know that the temptation occurred. And the thing about that temptation is that at the time, you see where the Bible says, and he was taken to the pinnacle of the temple. And he was taken to a high mountain. And he was shown the world and its glory. And Satan will now tempt him. Remember, he walked physically into the wilderness. But whilst in the wilderness, he was able to travel in the spirit. He could see things. It's one of the things that praying in the Holy Spirit can also do for a believer. Thank you very much, Pastor. And as you had already mentioned, Mm -hmm. it's used as a tool in evangelism. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, one of the things you also mentioned is it it helps us to pray. So we can pray for things that we don't know about. We can intercede for people who are far away. We can pray for um, situations in our lives, Mm -hmm. um, in our future concerning our family, even when we don't know. So yeah. it's such it's such a robust um, mm. gift that God has given us. Yes, it is. Now, I'm sure there's so many people who uh, maybe haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost or have been baptized in the Holy Spirit but are not praying in tongues mm. at the moment. Mm. How do they receive? Because it can be so easy, but it can also be I wouldn't say difficult. How do they receive the, the baptism? baptism? Okay. The baptism. So mm-hmm. how is it received? Because we know it's a gift. So a gift is given and the recipient receives it. So how do we receive this baptism of the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues? Yes. Jesus talked about it in John chapter 7. Verse, um, I'll start reading from verse 37. The Bible says, And in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And I said in verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is worth noting 
in verse 38. He said, he that believeth in me. So he's not talking about salvation. So he's talking to Christians, for, to believers. He says, for believers, you already believe in me. Say, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In case you are confused, verse 39 explains. He said, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they, believe, which they that believe on him. So believers, that's the first criteria. So the first criteria of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you must be a believer. That was why Jesus needed to get them saved in John 21 before he now told them, go and wait for the baptism. So, if you're not a believer, you cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, the first criteria has to be a believer. Say, this is he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the birth of the Holy Spirit never came on anyone until Jesus died and resurrected. So, why is the first, what is the first criteria? Salvation. What is the next one? The next one is ask. Ask. The Bible also talked about that. Jesus talked about that. Say, ask, and you shall receive. Say, seek, and you shall find. Say, for anyone that asketh, receiveth, and anyone that seeketh, find it. Uh, that Luke chapter 11. He said that story. He said in verse 9, he said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Luke 11, verse 9. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Say, for everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, Findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And I told the story about a normal human being. See, a man will give him son bread, not scorpion, when he asks for bread, and fish instead of serpent when he asks for fish. He now said, if men could give good gifts, they know how to give good gifts to their children. Say, how much more your heavenly father? To those that will ask him for the Holy Spirit. Let me read verbatim, verse 13, Luke 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So the second criteria is ask. First, be a believer. Second, ask. It's as simple as that. Now, whenever you come to God, Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that, that you must first believe that He is and He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And He said, if you come without faith, you will not please God. So when you ask God for the Holy Spirit, come by faith. So you receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Faith. I need to make this clear. You don't receive the Holy Spirit with your senses. Don't say, oh, I didn't feel anything when they prayed for me, when, for the Bible of the Holy Spirit, so I did not receive it. No. We are not moved by what we see, hear, or feel. We are moved by the Word of God. So if God says, ask Him, and He will give you, I believe it. So I receive it by faith. Knowing that I have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and I start walking as if I am, because truly I, I, have, I have been baptized by the Holy Spirit, then the baptism comes. It's just like salvation. I usually ask people, when you got saved, did you receive, did you feel anything? Most people tell you no. Did you feel Jesus walk into your, your heart? Maybe you felt a nudge and Something permitted into your body. No. We received Jesus by faith. We didn't see him walk into our lives, but we know he's living in us. That same way, you believe by faith, has not to do with your senses, that the Holy Spirit has come upon you because you asked and because you are a believer. Everything we do with God 
is done in and by faith. And when you exercise your faith and believe that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, guess what? Every other thing, benefits of the baptism of the Holy Spirit will start working in your life through faith. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, if you just add on to that a little bit about the utterance, because okay. um, some people say, okay, I believe it, I've received it, I'm already a believer. How do I just start speaking? Is something going to take over my mouth? Okay. Um, <laughs> how, am I just going to move? Um, how does it work? And yeah. I'd also want to ask, are we able to do this in our rooms? Does somebody have to minister to you? The baptism? Does it have to be in church? Um, someone have to lay hands on you? Um, or can I just pray in my room and receive the Holy Ghost? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay, let me start with your last question. Can you receive it solo in your room? Or do you need somebody to pray for you? Now, when we read the scriptures, um, we have a lot of witnesses that show us that people we are prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul will get to a certain city and there's a particular case. He met a group of believers and I asked them, have you been baptized? They're like, yeah. We received the baptism of John of, by water. He said, no, 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 no. What I'm asking, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? They said, no. The Bible said that Paul laid his hands on them and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there are two or other two more cases like that in the Act of the Apostles. Men and women, we are laid hands upon for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The only place you could say that there was no physical um, laying of on of hands by another person is just the apostles. No, Paul went. Um, Peter went. Okay, Peter went, yeah. Peter went, but the Bible records that as Peter was still just ministering, mm-hmm. they started, yes, that's true. They started speaking in tongues. We'll read that in Acts chapter 10. But let's do it now. I wanted to show from show you something. Oh, that's a good, that's, that's good. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. You see the colonial's case. Um, of course, you know the story, so I'm, I'm not going to read the whole story. Let's just go down. Verse... Um, Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. So there was no physical laying on of hands, but there's a criteria, there's a prerequisite. What's the prerequisite? You must have heard the word of God about it for you to desire it. So you must have heard the word of God. Just like salvation. You must have heard about Christ. This Romans chapter 10 also talked about it. That first you must hear and all that. But so can you receive the Holy Ghost on your own in your room? I dare say yes. I dare say. So we have two, two witnesses. The first witness is Acts chapter 2. The second witness we just read, which is Acts chapter 10, Colonial's case. So you can on your own decide. Jesus just told us how. He said, ask. The Lord, and He will, He will, He will give you the Holy Spirit. So you come, you receive the Holy Spirit both ways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the second, the other question. Yeah, the first question is about tongues, right? Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, "Was fully come, and they were in one room, in the upper room." Right. Acts chapter two. On the day of Pentecost. The Bible says in verse 3. And there appeared upon them. Cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Verse 4 now says. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. There are things we need to note. From that verse. Number one, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two, they, the disciples, began to speak with other tongues. 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you notice that it wasn't the Holy Ghost that began to speak through them. They, they began to speak in other tongues. Speaking in tongues is the language of your human spirit. So you need to start speaking. Then the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. The mistake a lot of people have made is that they are waiting for their mouth to start moving on its own before they say they can speak in tongues. No. You will start speaking, then the Holy Ghost will give you utterance. Remember, everything with God is done by faith. What is faith? Faith believes without seeing. So you need to believe you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and start acting as if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways to start doing that is by speaking in tongues. As you start speaking, the utterance is now given by the Holy Spirit. So there is a clear division of labor here. First, as a believer, you need to speak. Secondly, the Holy Spirit matches your speaking with utterance. And the flow starts. Absolutely. I, I think that is brilliant. Um, you, the Holy Spirit gives you utterance and you start to speak. It's not like something just takes you over. Um, because God works with, with us. The Holy Spirit doesn't force himself on you. Mm. God works with us. God God walks through us. Mm. Is the evil one who possesses you and starts mm-hmm. to use mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, flap your back. Yeah. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit is really, really gentle. So God, God walks through us. And the Bible says, where we, we read, the sound of your, 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 your belly shall flow. So it just flows out of you. It just flows out of you. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Now, next thing we'd like to discuss is hindrances. Yeah, what yeah, are, yeah. Are there hindrances to receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah. And what are they? Yeah, there are many hind- hindrances to, to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number one is that people just don't know about it. So they're ignorant about it. Then those that know about it, some of them are misinformed. Don't have the right information about it. Sometimes they confuse it with the Holy Ghost we receive at salvation. So they that a lot of misinformation or misconception when it comes to the Holy Ghost baptism. A lot of people are also, uh, some people think it's the devil, or rather they are afraid that speaking in tongues, that something will possess them and take hold of them. And that is not wrong, because being a believer and having the Holy Spirit inside when you give your life to Christ is possession. Every believer is possessed by the Holy Spirit. I don't know why they are afraid that now having the baptism of the Holy Spirit is another sort of type of. People are afraid, they are fearful, they don't want to lose control of themselves. You see a lot of Christians speaking in tongues and they are shaking and vibrating, they want to lose control of themselves and all that. And also speaking in tongues, nobody says that you have to shake and vibrate. How many speaking Another misconception. Can say or other hindrance can say uh, is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's a major, like we said earlier, anything done with God must be done in and without faith, possible to God. And without faith, you cannot receive anything from God. Same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without faith, you cannot receive anything from God. That line. So, um... so another hindrance you could say to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is um, misconceptions. A lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and wrong teaching. Wrong teaching. They've been taught wrongly about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So because of that, there is fear. So they, mm, I don't want it. And once you have that fear or reject it, you cannot receive it. So you need to get the right teaching, remove fear, get faith, then ask God. Then they will get it. It's as easy as that. Thank you very much. And, you know, we just like to balance that. 
the Holy Spirit is within us and he does possess so when we suppose it because he lives within us yeah however we also have to know that God will not walk with us if we are not willing That's so okay. we God allows himself to flow through us as long as we yield to him yeah. so if you yield to the Holy mm. Spirit then he gives you utterance to speak mm. he's not going to, the Holy Spirit is not going to move your mouth he's not going to take over your, over your mouth mm. but as you yield to mm. him inside from your mm. inside mm. he speaks through you so those mm. tongues will flow out through you through your mouth mm. but is is not you know it's not going to move your mouth mm. or move your body in a way and you know that Mm. Paul also says mm. that the spirit of the prophet is still under the control of the prophet. So you are in control. You, you mm. are in control, and you mm. can switch it on and switch mm. it off. Mm. So it's just for us to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, that's very, very important. Yeah, yeah, very, very important. Okay. Good point. So we just want to because Patrick mentioned some misconceptions. We want to um, talk about those misconceptions. Okay. Some of the few misconceptions people have even believers have mm. okay because there are believers who don't believe in speaking in tongues mm. there are sects or church or churches mm. or different denominations that don't believe in it or mm. don't practice it mm-hmm. we have learned about the benefits and the yeah. importance what i'd like there's some people say if you don't speak in tongues mm-hmm. you, won't, you won't go to heaven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it a prerequisite going to heaven no salvation is uh, what is required to make heaven just believe in jesus christ and accept him into your life the bible says you will be saved so if you don't speak in tongues that won't stop you from going to heaven even if you don't even have the baptism of the holy spirit that will not stop you from going to heaven thank you very much now do you believe that it's only if you speak in tongues that you have the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Can you have the fullness of the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues? Yes, you can have the fullness of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost that got into your salvation is the whole Holy Ghost. It's not part of Him or a little portion of Him. No, it's the entire Holy Spirit is on our inside. Now, when you talk about fullness, there is uh, another interpretation people have of the fullness. Especially when you look at, um, I believe, John chapter 1. John chapter 1 in verse um, 16. The Bible says, and of his fullness, he's talking about Jesus Christ, have all we received grace for grace so i believe that we received the fullness of jesus because he said of jesus's fullness have we received and grace for grace because people a lot of people say ah no we don't have the holy spirit in full measure only jesus had the holy spirit in full measure that the rest of us have the Holy Spirit in little or in measures. I don't believe that. Permit me to read this from another translation, uh, Amplified. Verse 16 says, For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received all had a share and we are all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift so i believe we receive the holy ghost in its full measure however how we express the Holy Ghost, how the Holy Ghost works through us, depends on us. There's something you just said that is so profound. You talked about the Holy Ghost not um, like Satan that forces himself on us, that everything the Holy Ghost does, he, he, he lets us, you know, give him expression. As much as we want to give him or can give him expression, he is willing to express himself thus. So it depends on us 
How much of the Holy Ghost expression are we willing to give? That's one. Number two, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how much faith do we have in God? How much can we believe God for? Can we believe for the dead? If we can, then we'll see the dead raised. Can we believe that cripples will walk in our ministry? If we can, we'll see the cripples walk. So the problem is not if we have the Holy Spirit in measure. The mm. problem is how, yeah. how much faith, number one, how much are we yielded mm. to be used? Remember, we are a channel for the Holy Spirit. We are a vessel for the Holy Spirit. If we clog our channel with rubbish, the flow of water through that pipe will be more difficult. So the problem is not if we have the Holy Ghost in measure. I believe we do. The Bible has told us that. But most of us don't express Him in full measure based on fear, doubt, unbelief, even sins. The more sins you have in your life, you will restrict the expression of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Pastor. Yeah. You know, you, you, what you have, what you've just explained is is so on point because we have already said from the last few questions we asked um, that you can still go to heaven if you if you're not filled, even if you're not baptized. But you see, the baptism of the Holy Ghost helps you as a mm. Christian. Mm. It you you would live a more powerful, mm. fruitful, profitable mm. life, mm. being filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm. And then having that prayer language is an added advantage. Yes, it so it's, it's just like you having, you know, when you have subscriptions, there's a basic package. Mm. And then mm -hmm. the advanced packages. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're they like, yeah. they like, you know, That's really, really, beautiful. really stuffy wow, packages. Wow, wow. So it, it really, really helps yeah. you mm. Mm. to... Mm to manifest mm. God in, 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 a, in a greater measure, to a mm. greater measure. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And mm. that, that is a beautiful, oh, I like your illustration. There are add-ons. Mm. There are add-ons. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an add-on. Just say you shall receive power. That power is an add-on. Can you live life as a Christian without it? Yes. But with it, you are more potent. You are better equipped to handle the enemy. Yeah. You know why they say that some ministry uh, uh, of some nations are far superior than some nations' ministry? Of course, you can't compare uh, US military with the military of Gabon, for instance. What is the difference? US military have a lot of advanced weaponry as add-ons. Does the US have a an army, yes. Does Gabon have an army? Yes. Do I have the Holy Ghost? Yes. As salvation. Do you have the Holy Ghost for salvation? Yes. Now, assuming you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, I now have an add-on with the power of the Holy Spirit. I have more power. That power is 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 like is is energy. Mm. Do you understand? So that's why I'm using the military as an example. So when you come to the US military, they have all kinds of advanced mm. energy. I'm going to use that word. Energy in terms of weapons, missiles, aircraft, technology. Intelligence. Intelligence. But you have an army, I have an army. The difference is that I have more add-on. That is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit brings. So we've listed different add-ons the US Army. It's the same as the gifts of the Spirit, which comes at baptism. Gift of faith, working of miracles, healings, prophecy, diverse kinds of talks. Those are different add-ons. The more you walk in with those gifts, the more advanced they become. Rather, the more effective, rather, you are in preaching the gospel now when you go and preach the gospel depending on your effectiveness you're going to encounter devils resisting you stopping you because satan the bible says has blinded the god of this world has blinded the eyes of men they don't want them to hear the gospel they don't want them to receive the gospel so they're going to encounter a lot of opposition
this is where the adults come into play to help you break through those oppositions so the people can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's why the birth of the Holy Spirit is important. That is why the gifts of the Holy Spirit is important. It helps you preach that gospel. Now when you read the Acts of the Apostles, you're going to see a lot of challenges they encounter. Yeah. If they didn't have those add-ons, they would have failed. Yes. A good example is Simon the Sorcerer. Tried to stop them a couple of times. Yeah. Another example is um, at, I think, Ephesus, I believe, where that lady, the uh, necromancer, was following Paul Lovely. and Silas in Lystra, following Paul and, and Silas, and saying, hey, you guys are uh, men of God, trying to distract them from what they've come to do. If they were not equipped with that power, they would have commanded that devil out. So when it comes to casting of devils, doing a lot of things, it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the attendant power that comes with it that helps us carry out those things. So it's very important. They are adults, but if you don't have it, it's okay. Mm. You live life normal. You go through life normal. But if you have it, your Christian life will be more enjoyable and exciting. (laughs) More exciting. Oh, thank you so much, Pastor. And thank you for joining us. We have run out of time. We still have a lot to cover. Oh, we have run out of time. Would you join us again next? Because we're going to continue this. We're going to discuss spreading tongues in church. Is it right? Is it wrong? We're going to discuss interpretation of tongues. And we're going to go into a lot of other uh, Also talk things. about uh, what it means to pray in the spirit. Is speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit, or is it not? You know, a lot of things we do. Yes, so lots of interesting, enriching things coming up. So thank you for joining us again. Pastor, do you want to pray? Um, Yeah, before I pray, if you have a question, remember, if you have a question, leave it as a comment, or go straight to our website, go and see it on the screen, and send us a question regarding the Holy Spirit, regarding tongues, and regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to try, by the help of the Holy Spirit, to clarify those things from the word so we really love you to send us your questions but i thank you i give you praise thank you for our listeners that joined and tuned in for today's um, service we ask Lord that you bless them we ask Lord that you grant them their heart desires we ask Lord that sicknesses and diseases never come near their dwelling place we ask that whatever their hands have found to do will be blessed but I thank you and I give you praise. The one that is sick listening to us, I command that sickness in the name of Jesus to leave your body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, join us this Sunday at 6 p.m. Share this, share this service. Let your friends get to hear and learn about the Holy Spirit. Join us Sunday by 6 p.m. We love you. Bye.